Section 125 of Complete Original Short Stories of Guy de Maupassant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio. Section 125. Friends Joseph. They had been great friends all winter in Paris. As is always the case, they had lost sight of each other after leaving school, and had met again when they were old and gray-haired. One of them had married, but the other had remained in single blessedness. Monsieur de Morule lived for six months in Paris, and for six months in his little chateau at Tourville. Having married the daughter of a neighboring squire, he had lived a good and peaceful life in the indolence of a man who has nothing to do. Of a calm and quiet disposition, and not over-intelligent, he used to spend his time quietly regretting the past, grieving over the customs and institutions of the day, and continually repeating to his wife, who would lift her eyes, and sometimes her hands, to heaven as a sign of energetic assent. Good gracious, what a government! Madame de Merule resembled her husband intellectually, as though she had been his sister. She knew by tradition that one should above all respect the Pope and the King. And she loved and respected them from the bottom of her heart without knowing them, with a poetic fervor, with a hereditary devotion, with the tenderness of a well-born woman. She was good to the marrow of her bones. She had had no children and never ceased mourning the fact. On meeting his old friend, Joseph Morador, at a ball, Monsieur de Merule was filled with a deep and simple joy, for in their youth they had been intimate friends. After the first exclamations of surprise at the changes which time had wrought in their bodies and countenances, they told each other about their lives since they had last met. Joseph Morador, who was from the south of France, had become a government official. His manner was frank, he spoke rapidly and without restraint, giving his opinions without any tact. He was a Republican, one of those good fellows who do not believe in standing on ceremony, and who exercise an almost brutal freedom of speech. He came to his friend's house and was immediately liked for his easy cordiality, in spite of his radical ideas. Madame de Morole would exclaim, What a shame! Such a charming man! Monsieur de Morole would say to his friend in a serious and confidential tone of voice, You have no idea the harm that you are doing your country. He loved him all the same, for nothing is stronger than the ties of childhood taken up again at riper age. Joseph Mordor bantered the wife and the husband, calling them my amiable snails and sometimes he would solemnly declaim against people who were behind the times, against old prejudices and traditions. When he was once started on his domestic eloquence, the couple, somewhat ill at ease, would keep silent from politeness and good breeding, and the husband would try to turn the conversation into some other channel in order to avoid a clash. Joseph Morador was only seen in the intimacy of the family. Summer came. The Maroules had no greater pleasure than to receive their friends at their country home at Tourville. It was a good, healthy pleasure, the enjoyments of good people and of country proprietors. They would meet their friends at the neighboring railroad station and would bring them back in their carriage, always on the lookout for compliments on the country, on its natural features, on the condition of the roads, on the cleanliness of the farmhouses, on the size of the cattle grazing in the fields, on everything within sight. They would call attention to the remarkable speed with which their horse trotted, surprising for an animal that did heavy work part of the year behind a plow, and they would anxiously await the opinion of the newcomer on their family domain, sensitive to the last word, and thankful for the slightest good intention. Joseph Morador was invited, and he accepted the invitation. Husband and wife had come to the train, delighted to welcome him to their home. As soon as he saw them, Joseph Morador jumped from the train with a briskness which increased their satisfaction. He shook their hands, congratulated them, overwhelmed them with compliments. All the way home he was charming, remarking on the height of the trees, the goodness of the crops, and the speed of the horse. When he stepped on the porch of the house, Monsieur de Merule said, with a certain friendly solemnity, Consider yourself at home now. Joseph Morador answered, Thanks, my friend, I expected as much. Anyhow, I never stand on ceremony with my friends. 
That's how I understand hospitality. Then he went upstairs to dress as a farmer, he said, and he came back all togged out in blue linen with a straw hat and yellow shoes, a regular Parisian dressed for an outing. He also seemed to become more vulgar, more jovial, more familiar, having put on with his country clothes a free and easy manner which he judged suitable to the surroundings. His new manner shocked Monsieur and Madame de Merule a little, for they always remained serious and dignified, even in the country, as though compelled by the two letters preceding their name to keep up a certain formality, even in the closest intimacy. After lunch they all went out to visit the farms, and the Parisian astounded the respectful peasants by his tone of comradeship. In the evening the priest came to dinner, an old fat priest, accustomed to dining there on Sundays, but who had been especially invited this day in honor of the new guest. Joseph, on seeing him, made a wry face. Then he observed him with surprise, as though he were a creature of some peculiar race, which he had never been able to observe at close quarters. During the meal he told some rather free stories, allowable in the intimacy of the family, but which seemed to the Marouls a little out of place in the presence of a minister of the church. He did not say, Monsieur l'abbé, but simply, Monsieur. He embarrassed the priest greatly by philosophical discussions about diverse superstitions current all over the world. He said, Your God, Monsieur, is one of those who should be respected, but also one of those who should be discussed. Mine is called reason. He has always been the enemy of yours. The Marouls, distressed, tried to turn the trend of the conversation. The priest left very early. Then the husband said, very quietly, Perhaps you went a little bit too far with the priest. But Joseph immediately exclaimed, Well, that's pretty good, as if I would be on my guard with a shaveling, and say, Do me the pleasure of not imposing him on me any more at meals. You can both make use of him as much as you wish, but don't serve him up to your friends, hang it. But, my friends, think of his holy— Joseph Morador interrupted him. Yes, I know, they have to be treated like rosiers, but let them respect my convictions, and I will respect theirs. That was all for that day. As soon as Madame de Merule entered the parlor the next morning, she noticed in the middle of the table three newspapers which made her start, the Voltaire, the République Française, and the Justice. Immediately, Joseph Morador, still in blue, appeared on the threshold, attentively reading the intransigent. He recried, There's a great article in this by Rochefort. That fellow is a wonder. He read it aloud, emphasizing the parts which especially pleased him, so carried away by enthusiasm that he did not notice his friend's entrance. Monsieur de Merule was holding in his hand the Galois for himself, the clarion for his wife. The fiery prose of the master writer who overthrew the empire, spouted with violence, sung in the southern accent, rang throughout the peaceful parsons and seemed to splatter the walls and century-old furniture with a hail of bold, ironical, and destructive words. The man and the woman, one standing, the other sitting, were listening with astonishment, so shocked that they could not move. In a burst of eloquence, Morador finished the last paragraph and exclaimed triumphantly, Well, that's pretty strong. Then suddenly he noticed the two sheets which his friend was carrying, and he, in turn, stood speechless from surprise. Quickly walking toward them, he demanded angrily, What are you doing with those papers? Monsieur de Merule answered hesitatingly, Why, those, those are my papers. Your papers? What are you doing, making fun of me? You will do me the pleasure of reading mine. They will limber up your ideas. And as for yours, there, that's what I do with them. And before his astonished host could stop him, he had seized the two newspapers and thrown them out of the window. Then he solemnly handed the justice to Madame de Merule, the Voltaire to her husband, while he sank down into an armchair to finish reading the intransigent. The couple, through delicacy, made a pretense of reading a little, and then handed him back the Republican sheets, which they handled gingerly as though they might be poisoned. He laughed and declared, One week of this regime, and I will have you converted to my ideas. 
In truth, at the end of a week, he ruled the house. He had closed the door against the priest whom Madame de Merule had to visit secretly. He had forbidden the Galois and the Clarion to be brought into the house, so that a servant had to go mysteriously to the post office to get them, and as soon as he entered they would be hidden under sofa cushions. He arranged everything to suit himself. Always charming, always good-natured, a jovial and all-powerful tyrant. Other friends were expected, pious and conservative friends. The unhappy couple saw the impossibility of having them there then, and, not knowing what to do, one evening they announced to Joseph Morador that they would be obliged to absent themselves for a few days on business, and they begged him to stay on alone. He did not appear disturbed, and answered, "'Very well, I don't mind. I will wait here as long as you wish. I have already said that there should be no formality between friends. You are perfectly right. Go ahead and attend to your business. It will not offend me in the least. Quite the contrary, it will make me feel much more completely one of the family. Go ahead, my friends. I will wait for you.' Monsieur and Madame de Merule left the following day. He is still waiting for them. End of section 125. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio.